Welcome back to the QAV Podcast. This is episode three. My name's Cameron Riley. I'll be bringing Tony in uh, shortly to get down and dirty on analysing a stock. But before we do that, I just want to remind you, our standard disclaimer, you should not take anything that we say on this podcast as being specific financial advice for you or your loved ones or a friend. Because, listen, we're not financial advisors. We don't know your particular financial situation. So before you make any investment decisions, go out there and find yourself a good financial advisor. Ask them what you should do. You can talk about the ideas you've heard on this show, sure, but uh, don't take any financial advice from us. All right, so if this is your first time listening to the show, what are you doing? This is episode three. Go back and listen to episode one where I sort of introduced the idea of the series. So we talked a little bit about Tony Kynaston's background, how he learned how to become a black belt investor, how he's made a lot of money out of the stock market and how he basically studied what Warren Buffett and some other investment gurus did and figured out how to adapt that to his own situation. Uh, Episode two, we talked about the methodology that he uses that we call QAV, quality and value, how to find good quality stocks that you can buy at a reasonable value. What reasonable means is determined a lot by your situation and what you want to achieve. This episode, we're actually going to take one particular Australian company and analyze its financials to see how that system that Tony talked about in episode two actually looks when you apply it in practice with a a real company. And the company we're going to look at is... Well, we're using BHP, which is close to being the biggest company on the Australian share market. I've never heard of them before. Tony, what what line of business is the BHP in? Well, BHP stands for Broken Hill, I think, Prospecting. It's actually Broken Hill Proprietary Company, Tony, but keep going. Uh, So, yeah, they're a miner. They're a miner and an oil company. And they're also one of our biggest exporters. I think the only thing Australia exports more of than iron ore and coal are Hollywood actors. So uh, where do we start if we want to have a look at this BHP, Tony? Do we go and download their annual report off their website? Yeah, so this is probably a good time to talk about uh, getting access to data. I, I went through these numbers again on the weekend as part of the research for the show, and there's a, there's a couple of traps for for young players in, in this uh, area of sourcing data. And it was new to me because I hadn't gone on the sort of manual route for a long time. I've been using subscription services which provide me the data. And so the figures are just at my fingertips. But if you're doing it manually, yeah, you, you need to go to uh, the BHP website and go into their investor section and download, in this case, their half yearly report because um, in Australia, Companies report twice a year, and most companies have just dropped their interim reports, which are for the six months to December, usually. Now, of course, depending on when you're listening to this, what Tony just said may or may not still be true. We're recording this of March 2019. If you're listening to this in the future and their full annual report is out, you can use those numbers. But for the sake of this show, we're going to have to use their most recent half year report that goes to December, then we're going to have to pull the rest of that year's numbers out of their most recent annual report. So the 
last six months of the annual report and the most recent six months combined together to give us a full year. And if you want a quick way to get a link to the financial section of the BHP website, just go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, look for the show notes for episode three, and I'll have a link to their website uh, up there. So if we start off, well, the first thing we're going to look at is the operating cash flow. So if you go into the report and Google operating cash flow, you'll find that uh, BHP, I guess, received about $7.2 billion for the six months in operating cash flow. Now, the other trap for young players is these dollars are in US dollars. And for us in Australia, looking at the share price on the ASX, that's an Australian dollar, so we have to convert the $7.2 billion. I use the conversion rate to Australian dollars of, of 0.7, so you need to divide that number by 0.7, and you'll get about 10.3 or 10.4 billion Australian dollars. But of course, as I said earlier, this is just a six-month figure Tony's talking about. So if you aren't able to use the most recent annual report to get a full 12-month figure, you need to go get the most recent annual report, pull the last six months out of that, do the same conversion, add it to this figure. That gives you a full 12-month figure. And I came up with $26.39 billion dollars. So it is worth if people are serious about uh, investing that they do sign up for a subscription service that provides them this data in a much easier format. I use a company called Stock Doctor, which is um, one service, and I use a company called Share Analysis, which uh, is another service. And as I was uh, noodling around the internet on the weekend, I also found that the Australian Financial Review's website has these figures in a much easier to use format, but I think you might need to subscribe to the AFR to get access to that section of the website. Now, I'd like to point out at this juncture that we are not making any money. We are not being sponsored by any of these services. We're not making any money out of Tony name-dropping these services. However, if these services would like to pay us money for that name-drop, feel free. Shoot me an email, Cameron Riley at Gmail. Com. Be more than happy to take your call. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'd recommend reading the, the financial review anyway. So a subscription, you know, it's it's not going to cost you a whole heap. I think it's about four or 500 bucks a year. And you get access to the newspapers as well as to this kind of information in a much easier to use format and quicker format. And all these subscription services buy their data from people like Thomson Reuters and Bloomberg, which are the sort of wholesale raw data providers. And they put their front ends onto, onto it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I, I seriously consider using a service like that if you're going to be an investor. You won't need to go through all this kind of um, almost deducing, you know, on the BHP website uh, to get their figures every time you need to analyse something. What are these um, services that you subscribe to tend to cost? Yeah, so, uh, like I said, the AFR one I think is about four or $500 a year, plus you get the subscription to the newspaper. Um Stock Doctor and Share Analysis are around the sort of $700 to $1,500 a year, depending on how much of their services you buy. Right. Yeah, and they also provide other other things that I use. Um, when we get to scoring the companies a bit later, they provide financial health ratings for these companies. Again, it saves me from going into their balance sheets and comparing their debt-to-equity ratios and looking at their outstanding payables and all that kind of stuff you need to do to work out if the company's healthy or not. 
Back to BHP, full year, $26.39 billion in terms of operating cash flow. That's right. So the next thing we do is we take the number of shares on issue, which is uh, 5057 uh, million shares. And again, I took that from the BHP results presentation. Okay, now the next step, once we have these two figures, so we have how much cash they made for the most recent 12 months, we have the number of shares on issue. So what we want to do is take that uh, first number, how much cash they've generated, divide it by the number of shares. So in BHP's case, we're taking 26 26- billion and we're dividing it by 5.058 billion shares and that gives us the cash that they've been generating per share which is $5.22. Now we need to get their most recent share price. Tony said that his figures have that as $36.88 Australian from the weekend just before we recorded this, which again is early March, uh, mid-March 2019. Then once we have that number, we want to figure out what the price per share divided by the cash per share ratio is. So to do that, we take the share price, $36.88 in this case, and divide it by the cash per share, $5.22. And that gives us a figure of 7.8. Zero seven. Okay, so if you recall from episode two, we want less than ten, and and if we can, less than six. So, and somewhat surprisingly, BHP coming in at seven uh, is yeah, in it's that pretty range. good. It's pretty good. It's it is a bit of a surprise. Um, I would think the reason for that is that BHP is a very cyclical stock and it's throwing off lots of cash now. The iron ore price is up. Um, commodity prices in general are up. Uh, yeah, so throwing off lots of cash. Now, I stopped Tony at this point and asked him what throwing off lots of cash means in case it was some sort of secret investor code, rich white guy code. He basically said, look, uh, it's, it's making a lot of money right now because uh, commodity prices are high. And if you look at the BHP share price over a 10-year period, you can see that uh, it's had some big peaks and troughs. And this is one of the peaks because commodity prices are high now, so it's making a lot of money, which is why that figure we just came up with seems pretty reasonable. So that's piqued our interest a bit. The next thing we want to do is to go through the checklist we talked about in the last episode. The first thing I've got listed here is you're looking at uh, sentiment. Yep. And uh, as you just said, the share price has been going relatively consistently up since December 2015 on this uh, chart that I have in front of me. So sentiment good? Sentiment's good, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so just just before we leave the share chart, a good. I know, I know we're not giving any sort of uh, – advice or recommendations on this podcast. But if you look at um, when the share price started to tick up, that's really you know, around the time you might want to uh, have a look at buying BHP back in maybe around December 2016. It's right. coming off its lows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I said, I, I'll watch these reports every six months and you, the first thing you do is check the share graph. And if you do see that kind of hockey stick forming where it's bouncing off a low, that's a great time to... Um, to start buying a share. Right. And so where it's at now, if I look at the 
10-year graph on the ASX, it's nearly up to its 10-year high, mm-hmm. which was just over 40. So we should assume, you're saying it's cyclical. We should assume that it might be peaking? Yeah, I really couldn't say. It's, it's possible. Um, but all I'm looking at at the moment is, this, is that the share price is going up, which, is it, which it is, so it gets a tick on the checklist. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. One of the things I like about Tony's method so far uh, is that we don't need to predict or forecast where an industry is going or how a company is going to perform within its sector. We're just looking at numbers. Now, that's a little bit dry and boring, particularly from a podcast perspective. But I like the fact that at, at least at this level, I don't need to go and spend a whole bunch of time studying a particular industry or studying the internals of a particular company. What we're going to do is just look at some key numbers, look at some other key metrics that are uh, in black and white on a on a document. A little bit hard to get unless you have one of these expensive subscription services that Tony has, but uh, they're there, they're published. We're looking at the numbers and then going through his checklist and the sort of the checklist will do a lot of the thinking for us, basically. It, it will at least weed out the ones that don't look good. And then we can drill down a little bit further on the handful that are left, according to the theory that he explained to me in episode number two, uh, that, that look like they might be a reasonable investment. Um, next thing on the checklist is the yield, the dividend yield. I can see, I'm using the Stock Doctor screen here, I can see it's at around 4.5%. And if you just Google BHP space ASX, you'll immediately get a chart up on Google which will show you things like the dividend yield. And I can see, uh, again, in Stock Doctor, that it's been around the sort of 4.5 level now for a couple of years, so it's consistent as well. Right. Yeah. So that gets a tick on the checklist. Right. Okay. Um, the next thing we look on the checklist is the PE, the PE ratio. I've got a PE ratio of 14.85. 14.85. Yeah. And if I, the, the thing I'm looking at here, though, is I want to go back over the last six halves. Remember, this is because he wants to see the trend in the PE ratio over time. And... Uh, I can see that it's at the low end of the range, but not the lowest of PEs. Okay. Yep. So again, I'm using Stock Doctor to do that. So it doesn't get us. It doesn't get a score on the checklist because it's not the lowest price to earnings ratio in the last six halves. Right. Okay. So next thing on the checklist is to look at the equity per share, which we're calling their book value, and I'm getting an equity per share of fifteen dollars fifty. So just uh, if you don't have one of these reports in front of you, the way you work this out, as a reminder, to calculate the net equity of the business, you're doing assets minus liabilities. Pretty straightforward. You'll find that in the annual report. Then to calculate the net equity per share, you want to take that net equity number, divide it by the number of shares that are on issue. That'll give you your net equity per share, your NEPs. Then to calculate the price to book ratio, we're taking the share price and dividing it by the net equity per share figure, the NEPS, and that gives us the price to book ratio. So I'm getting equity per share of $15.50. And given the share price is somewhere up around $35, it's not 
but saying BHP isn't cheap on a book value ratio. And so it doesn't get a tick on the checklist for that particular item. So basically the share price is more than double the equity per share. Right. And we're looking for companies where the share price is no more than 30% above the equity per share. Right. Yeah. So we're saying BHP isn't cheap on a shareholder equity basis. And would you normally stop there considering that we're looking for value? Oh, given that the price to cash flow was seven, I'd probably keep going and get the, the whole score. Right. This is only, remember, each of these items are only getting scores of one or two on the checklist. It's the overall score that's important to us. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to value your company. Um, the operating cash to share is one and the, and the book value is another. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're about to also do another one, which is the, um, what we call, what I'm calling the intrinsic value. So that's the earnings per share over the hurdle rate. And that gives us another measure. So there's all different ways of valuing it. That's why I'm using a, a checklist which has uh, lots of different scores and not just the one. Yeah, right. Okay. So if we keep going, we get the next one to look at is the earnings per share, which I've got as $2.46. The next thing I want to look at is the future earnings per share. Uh, now I've got $2.63 from Stock Doctor. Right. So future earnings per share, this is just guesses, Calculate educated Correct. guesses. And what did you have from Stock Doctor? $2.63. So that's the consensus forecast. Right. It would be the average of all the uh, stockbrokers who are looking at it. Right. So it's currently earning $2.46 like uh, for, for the last period, but, you're, but the consensus estimate is that it will rise to $2.63. Is that for the next half year or full year? That would be the full year number because right. we've just got the half year number at the moment, yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. So we've got the future and what we're seeing, the important thing is if we take the, the current away from the future, we're not seeing a whole heap of growth there. Okay. Right. So there we're seeing $2.46 now, 263 forecast. Yep. And um, the metric we were going to use is growth over the PE ratio. The P ratio was 15, I think, from memory when we did that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting a, a growth to PE of 0.45, and we want 1.5 before we're seeing something uh, which is growing strongly enough to, to tickle our fancy. Now, before you get too distracted and hot and bothered imagining all the ways that Tony likes to have his fancy tickled, Let's uh, start by getting into the magic of Tony's method. As I said before, the thing I like about this is he pulls together all of this data out of the financials and then he just starts to go down his checklist that he's spent decades building and refining and giving them a point score. And I can do that. I can go, well, does it meet this metric? Yes or no? That's basically the rest of the process and then totaling up that score. So the first question on the checklist, as we talked about on episode two, is does it meet the financial health criteria on the subscription services like Stock Doctor? How do they rate it, in other words? The Stock Doctor website has BHP as what they call a borderline stocks, uh, borderline star stock. So it's it's okay, but not not their best, their highest rating. So I'd give BHP a score of 0.5 on my checklist for that. Okay. Is the share price beneath their intrinsic value? Yep. So again, I'm using uh, Stock Doctor and Share Analysis uh, and their 
both saying that the, their estimation of intrinsic value is above, sorry, is below the current share price. So the share price is above their value. And now what we, what we need to do is to work out what, you know, calculate what we think the intrinsic value is as well. And we do that by dividing the earnings per share, the current earnings per share over the hurdle rate. Now, I think we should stop and just review what this hurdle rate business is, because I think it's pretty important to understand. And I had to go back and just check a couple of things with Tony while I was editing this episode. The hurdle rate is the kind of return that you want to get from an investment in a stock. Now, as we know, Tony's hurdle rate, the sort of return annual return that he's trying to achieve is about 19.5%. Quite high, might be higher than what you want to achieve, but that's what he wants to achieve. So that's the first hurdle rate he's going to calculate with. Then he does the calculation again using a lower hurdle rate of 7.5%. And I had to say, I had to ask him, so why? why? Why do you have that second hurdle rate? What's the point? And he said, well, it, that's just to find out, is it undervalued according to where the market would value it. So what the 7.5% hurdle rate is what he thinks the market would want out of a growth of that stock. Now, why 7.5%? And I had to get Tony to explain this to me a few times. This is a combination of what's called the cash rate, about 6%, and a risk premium on top of that. Now, the cash rate is what the government pays for things like government bonds. So uh, if you wanted to put your money somewhere absolutely secure and safe, you could get about 6%. Uh, The 1.5% is what the market has decided over time is a fair kind of rate to expect for taking a risk on something like the share market. So put those two together. That's uh, your 7.5%. And also, Tony said to point out that he's using the future earnings per share for this calculation, which is what most analysts do. So two rates, 19.5%, that's the rate you want to be getting out of a good investment, or at least Tony wants to be getting. And 7.5% is what he thinks the market would want to get. And then it gets a rating on both of those. Does it meet Tony's performance standards? And the second rating is, does it meet the market's performance standards? So the first, the first intrinsic value I, I do is EPS over 19%. So $2.46 over 19%, and I'm getting a share price that I'd want to pay for BHP of $12.90. And the share price is currently $36.88. Yeah, so it's, it's over my value. But the 19% hurdle rate's a pretty, pretty high hurdle rate. So I also do another one. Uh, I use 7.5 this time, and I use the future earnings per share estimate. So if I do $2.63 over 7.5, then I'm getting a number of $35. So it's pretty close to what the market's valuing BHP at. So on, on the checklist, I give them both zeros. Zero. Yeah, because both, both of those intrinsic values are below what the share price is. Right. Yeah, you could give it 0.5, I guess, for the second one, but you know, it's still it's still below, technically below the share price. Right. Yep. Okay. Now, um, price to book is the share price less than thirty percent below the net tangible assets of the share? Is what I have next on my checklist. 
Yeah, and we got that figure before. Uh, equity per share was $15.50. And we worked out, I think from memory, it was 246%. The share price was 246% times the equity per share. Yes, so yeah, definitely so a zero. Definitely a zero, yep. Mm-hmm. Does the share price have a positive trend? Yep. So you give it, it a one? So giving it, I'll give it a two, actually. Trend... Um, I found over time the positive trends are a fairly important thing to have, so I'll give it a two. Okay. Because yeah. it's been going up fairly consistently for about yeah. four years? Yeah, correct. Yep. Okay. Is it the lowest PE in the last three years? And we saw that it wasn't. So is that a zero? Correct. Yep. Okay. Growth of the earnings per share, which is the current EPS versus the forecast EPS, is it equivalent to 1.5? Well, if you take the growth and divide it by the PE, is it greater uh, than 1.5? And, and it wasn't. It was not. It's a zero. Yeah. It was 0.45 was the number that we got when we did that calculation. Does the company have consistently increasing equity? I'm sourcing that from Stock Doctor. I'll have to find somewhere else for free to source it for people. But um, I can see in Stock Doctor that no, it doesn't. No. Okay. So it's a zero. Spoke about it before the... The June 18 annual equity number was $82 billion and the December 18 half-yearly number was 78.3. Right. So it's, it's gone down. Right. So it's a zero. Okay. The next one I've got on our checklist is, is the PE less than the yield? Right, yep. So the PE we, I've got is 14.85. Mm-hmm. The yield is 4.5. Yeah, so it's not. It's a zero. Right. Is the dividend yield higher than the mortgage rate? This is if you're borrowing against your home to invest. Correct. Yep. Right. So mortgage rates are around 5% now and the BHP yields 4. So I'd say no. I'll give it a zero. Is the financial health from the subscription services steadily increasing? You'll have to tell us. Yeah, so... uh, Yep, so Stock Doctor uh, is the one I'm using. And the financial health has, has been consistently strong for BHP. So that's a, a tick. That's a one. It's a one. Okay. Mm-hmm. My Is my forecast intrinsic value more than two times the current share price? Mm-hmm. Intrinsic value, you've got at 12.95. And that's the current one. Oh, the other one the we current. use. Yep. The other one we used was a 7.5% hurdle rate on the future earnings per share at $35. Oh, right, $35. Yeah. The so share a, price is 36.88, so yep, definitely a zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it one of the most undervalued of the top 10 ASX stocks? Yeah, so this is a top 10 ASX stock, but we can see it's not undervalued, so it's a zero. Zero. I'd be looking for... Something with a much higher share price on that 7.5% IV on the future earnings per, sh- earnings per share. Right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll cut to the chase and say that there is a stock which is much higher than, um, than BHP on that kind of metric. Is the cash flow per share less than or equal to six? No. I've got 7.07. So that's zero. Yeah. Is the founder... Is the CEO an owner or founder? <laughs> wow. No. Who was the founder of BHP, Tony? Oh, I, I used to know this. Anderson. Mr. BHP? There was one, and he got forced out um, years ago. Really? 
Yeah. Let me Angus. see. Wikipedia says. Yep. All right, this is where I this is where I come into my four because this is history, right? This is what I do. Wikipedia actually doesn't say much about the founder Charles Rasp. I had to go to the Australian Dictionary of Biography. Charles Rasp was born in 1846 in Stuttgart, the Duchy of Württemberg. Where apparently his birth name was Hieronymus Salvatore Lopez von Pereira. Go stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, he migrated to Australia for health reasons in 1869. Did a bunch of jobs, was got some work sort of pruning vines on agricultural properties. Then he tried his luck in the Victorian gold fields, but that didn't go anywhere. He ended up becoming a boundary rider on cattle stations in New South Wales, which eventually led him to the area that was known as Broken Hill. And he thought he found some traces of tin, so he pegged out a stake there, sent samples away to an analysis company in Adelaide. They came back and said, sorry, no tin. Uh, but then eventually uh, he found silver on the mine. 1885, he first pegged his stake in 1883. Two years later, found rich silver ore on the block. And he, he got pretty rich out of that. He formed the Broken Hill Proprietary Company with a capital of 16,020-pound shares, 14,000 of which went to him and a couple of partners. Within about five years, he was very, very rich, moved to Adelaide, got married, and uh, died in 1907 of a heart attack, age 61, had no children. His widow uh, remarried, and she married Count von Zedwitz. So there you go. She finally died in 1936. So that's the Charles Rasp story, or should I say Hieronymus Salvatore Lopez von Pereira. But he's not alive and isn't running the company. So no, it gets a zero. What do you- we don't have an owner founder. I, so I think I sent you a, just uh, as, a, as a tangent, I sent you an AFR article. Uh, someone ran some numbers recently on... Rich listers who were still running a listed share company, and those companies mm-hmm. beat the market uh, over the last twelve months. They, their companies averaged a six percent return, and the share market averaged minus point eight percent over the last rolling twelve months. Right. So those numbers again: six percent for companies that were being run by rich listers, and negative point mm-hmm. eight for the market. Wow. Wow. Mm. Okay, uh, the next checklist question I've got is another subscription service. Intrinsic value going up in the future. Yeah, so this is uh, the share analysis website and it's not. So it goes up and bounces up and down for BHP. Right. Yeah, so this is, I mean, that's just their, their valuation. So it's a point on that. It's, a, it's a, a one or a zero on our checklist, but it's not the be all and end all. It's a future, right. it's a future guess of what earnings will do. Well, that's all I've got on the checklist. Have I mm-hmm. missed anything? No, that's what I had too. So let's just stop for a moment and look at how much time that's taken us. Now, yes, uh, I edited a lot out of this podcast because Tony and I were farting around in the original recording trying to find free sources of a lot of this information. We were looking at ASX and the AFR and Google Finance and Yahoo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
But with Tony's stock doctor tools and other services like that, it would literally take as long to collate this data as it did on the podcast because he has it right there in front of him. And I think looking back at the time codes, we spent about 15 minutes pulling together the data and then about another 10 to 15 minutes going through the checklist and giving them a one or a zero. So half an hour to analyze the stock. We're going to tally up those scores and get a total score. Now, I think when we did episode two, I probably got this bit wrong. I had to check with Tony again when we recorded this week. The process now is to add up all of the positive scores, all of the ones, and then divide it by the total number of checklist items, by the, the total possible score. So, which is 17. So we're going to take the total score, divide it by 17, and that will give us the percentage. I'm just going to add up all those, all the scores. So let's see what we get here. Do, 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 do. I probably don't need to use Excel to do this, uh, but I will anyway because I'm lazy. Um, 3.5. Yep. And how many how many checklist items do we have? Seventeen. Yeah, so three point five over seventeen gives you gives you the score for BHP. So three point five over seventeen. Zero point two. So twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. And we're looking for something that's seventy five percent or yeah, higher. You right. would be looking for that usually. Yeah. So, yeah, and. What I do next is to take that company score of 20% and divide it by that price to cash flow number, which was 7.07. And that, that gives me the final score, which marries in, you know, the value plus the checklist. And I'm looking for that score to be 0.1. And it's much lower than that for BHP. Hold on a second. I'm catching up. Okay. Right. Say that, say that again. Yeah, so we're taking the checklist score of 20% mm -hmm. and we're dividing it by the price to cash flow number, which was 7.07. Okay, right. so I'm getting a score of around 3, 0.03 when I do that calculation. And I won't, I personally won't buy something that's below 0.1. It has to be above that. Correct, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, right. Yeah, and so the reason for, for that last calculation is that sometimes you get companies with high company scores and the price to cash flow is a little bit high, and sometimes you get companies with good cash flow scores like BHP has, but their checklist isn't that great. And so this is kind of like the final arbiter of, of marrying those two things together. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, listen, I know you need to go, so let's just quickly wrap it up. Thank you, yeah. All right, well, thanks, Tony. Um, I think that was confusing, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, no, no, it was good to work through. Like, um, you know, I, again, I think I'm going to have to do it a 10, 20, 30 times before it becomes comfortable, at least. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it was probably not a bad company to pick given that we had all those problems with US dollars and different share listings and all that kind of thing to work through as well. Now, dear listener, um, I edited all of that uh, confusion out of the show. Just know that in BHP's case, 
It is listed both on the Australian Stock Exchange as well as on the New York Stock Exchange. And so we some of the reports I was looking at uh, were in US dollars just for certain amounts of shares. And it was all very confusing, um, which is why I edited it out of the show. Uh, and we just went with the reports that Tony had in Stock Doctor. But that is one thing to be careful of. Make sure when you're looking at these reports, you're getting Australian numbers for the Australian Stock Exchange. And Australian prices as well. All right. Well, thanks, mate. Um, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. And just, I guess, the last disclaimer is we're not recommending people buy or sell BHP. We're just doing some uh, factual analysis. I will. I will repeat that at the end of the episode as well. Yeah, good. Okay. Thanks, mate. Yes. So I hope you managed to get your head around that. Um, Great thing about it being a podcast is you can listen to it two, three, as many times as you want. Sit down with a pen and paper or a little spreadsheet and, uh, yeah, try and put it all together so you get your head around it. You know, I was going to put a spreadsheet up on our website where you could work along, but I think it's actually better if you build it yourself because you, you learn better by, by having to figure out the calculations in the cells, I think. Uh, anyway, this is just the first of many of these that we're going to do, so don't worry about it right now. We'll walk you through more examples in the future. As Tony said at the end, though, and we can't stress this enough, we're not licensed financial advisors. Don't listen to anything that we say and make your investment decisions based on that. This show is just sh- demonstrating Tony's method, that there is a methodology of looking at certain numbers and making Uh, some judgments on the value and quality of a particular stock based on looking at a bunch of financial metrics. It's worked for him for decades. We're just trying to teach you one of the ways of going about analyzing these stocks for quality. But if you're going to go and invest money, make sure you talk to a financial advisor first. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, Shoot us an email. You'll find my email on the website. Uh, Go up to qavpodcast.com.au if you want to get in contact with us or if you want to suggest topics for future episodes or companies to look at, let us know. And uh, be good to each other.